So anyway, Built Bar is out and it is a protein bar and it is healthier than your average protein bar. And I would never be endorsing a protein bar because they always suck. This goes, as Stu said, goes for taste first. Uh, it is low calorie, low carbs. It has great flavors and it is really good for you. Don't give up on your resolution. Built Bar is the answer. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code BECK. Get 20 bucks off your uh, next order. Use the promo code BECK for 20% off now at BuiltBar.com. 20% off BuiltBar.com. Promo code BECK. And welcome to the program. It is Tuesday. I want to give you a glimpse into the future. A glimpse into something that uh, is going to change everything. And something you need to be very well aware of so you don't go down this path. We begin in 60 seconds. Welcome back, Stu. Thank you very much. You're Glenn. looking good. You well, smell like beer, but you're looking healthy. You're in the sunshine with Tampa. Yeah, that well, the beer is in the Super Bowl. It's this morning. Had a little step off <laughs> okay, at the bar. Good. All right, yeah, good, good, good. Uh, well, I wanted to make sure I got back, Glenn. It's the final week for Chamonix Valentine's Day sale. Ah, you can't miss that. You can't miss that. You can't miss that. You don't that. want to be out for that. No, you don't. Yeah. You only got a few more days uh, to get the brand new Zotique Deep Correcting Serum for free with your order of GenuCell for bags and puffiness. Hmm. With Zotique, you're going to kick adult acne, redness, and stress breakouts to the curb while saying hello to increase firmness and smoothness of the skin hmm. you want that uh you're going to be uh, visibly younger you my wife my mom both been using chamonix products for a while now they both love them uh, zotique deep correcting serum combines the purest vitamin c with the brightening benefits of lactic acid for a younger healthier happier looking appearance i don't know what any of that means i will say if you have a valentine's day present uh, your your wife your mom, whoever is going to love it. So get it for them. I generally uh, don't give my mom while she's dead, but thanks for bringing that up. Stu. I didn't even. Uh, I, uh, man, I can't even concentrate now. I'm just so I weepy didn't. over. Thank you. Jeez. I don't usually give my mom, if she were alive, Stu, uh, you know, a Valentine. I don't give her undies <laughs> so, or any, I mean, that is weird. So many directions to go here and I'm going to avoid <laughs> all of them. All of them. I was. <laughs> <laughs> so many so many there okay so, many so uh chamonix uh i will say they'll give you your uh -huh. money back guaranteed if you don't love them so Be no mine, risk at all mom 800-577-8709 or genucel.com g-e-n-u-c-e-l.com from now till valentine's day get the classic genucel jawline treatment and the luxurious genucel anti-wrinkle moisturizer free with your order every order gets upgraded to free priority shipping don't wait. Order now, 800-577-8709 or genucel.com. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. The Seattle Times is reporting today, in the near future, travel may require a digital documentation showing that you have been vaccinated or tested for the coronavirus. 
Among governments and those in the travel industry, a new term has entered the vocabulary, a vaccine passport. One of Joe Biden's executive orders aimed at curbing the uh, pandemic asked government agencies to assess the feasibility of linking coronavirus vaccine certificates with other vaccination documents and producing a digital passport. Denmark's government said that in the next three or four months, it's going to roll out its digital passport that'll be able to show people that have been vaccinated. It isn't just governments that are suggesting vaccine passports in a few weeks. Uh, Iod Airlines and Emirates will start using digital travel passes. The International Transportation uh, Association uh, is backing this as well. So here's what they're here's what they're saying. They want to give you a digital passport, whether that'll be a stick or uh, something you scan or whatever that just says, I've had all my vaccines. It seems like it's going to be one of these things in your like wallet on your iPhone Mm -hmm. where you can like when you board a plane, it's your boarding pass. Right. If you have an iPhone, think of think of this to me is white privilege. Think of how many people don't have an iPhone around the world. Think about how many people Mm. don't have access to the vaccine. Think about that. So they're not going to be society. It is a two tiered Mm -hmm. society. And America is getting it first. I say on this one, we wait until everyone else on the planet has a digital passport. (laughs) Then you give it to us. (laughs) That's so nice. Well, I'm just trying to get I'm trying to embrace my white privilege here. (laughs) Um, let's see. It's all about trying to digitize, uh, digitize a process that happens now and make it into something that allows for more harmony and more ease. No, oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Harmony and ease. Here's a, doesn't it? Yeah. Here's a, here's a, a, a disturbing paragraph. IBM has been developing its own digital health pass. <laughs> I, IBM has... IBM? Yeah, IBM's uh, yeah. got a long record of, of, of helping sort people out. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Yeah. In a completely unrelated uh, story, uh, a, a, a New York Times bestseller, Edwin Black, wrote a book about IBM and the Holocaust. But that's completely different. This is a digital health pass from IBM, and it would enable individuals to prevent, pre- present proof of vaccination or a negative test to gain access to public locations, such as a sports stadium, airplane, university, workplaces, the mall, stores. The pass built on IBM's blockchain technology can utilize multiple data types, including temperature checks, virus exposure notifications, test results, and vaccine status. Not only is IBM looking into this, the World Economic Forum and the Commons Project Foundation, a Swiss nonprofit group, have become have begun testing a digital health pass called Common Pass, which would allow travelers to travel all over the world with all of their information. The pass would generate a QR code that could be shown to authorities. Oh, man. Now, I can't think of what could possibly go wrong here. Um, hmm. Uh, one person uh, who uh, 
you know, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of works in uh, in the the uh, digital world. Uh, said uh, it took us fifty years to develop a global passport system for people uh because there's a lot of security that goes around along with that maybe we shouldn't rush to one that has access to people's information (laughs) you could see the risk there a little bit i'm a little really i am a little don't you want to get back to normal yes i mean i I know you're saying that sarcastically but yes i do and i will say Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, not going to be for a government system like this. I'm not going to say I, I want requirements mm-hmm. of these things. Mm-hmm. I will say, however, it is incredibly frustrating that we live in a country that 30% of the people have had the virus and an additional 10% of the people have been vaccinated. So we're talking about 40% of the population now, mm-hmm. uh, estimated, that should be able to do pretty much whatever they want. But because of largely the left... And they're uh, this idea of a two-tiered society where we can't allow people uh, to go out and go to restaurants and bars and and sporting events because uh, the the people who haven't had the virus won't be able to do that. The people who haven't been vaccinated won't be able to do that. And therefore, uh, you know, that's unfair. And it's like, well, I don't know. To the bar owner, do they think... It's unfair. Do they really? Well, you know what? I don't I want to make sure we don't have a two tier society. Therefore, I'm going to let my business collapse completely. Like it would be nice for our economy to allow people who don't have to think about these things at this point, overwhelmingly, to be able to do them. Mm. Well, of course, you would say that. I would because I'm on the was, right side of it. <laughs> somebody who was at the Super Bowl and has been tested several times mm-hmm. and, and just uh, doesn't seem to have a problem with it. Oh, the the next virus that is coming out of COVID-19, oh, okay. COVID-20. You didn't have to have COVID-19 to understand 20. Oh, really? Oh, no, <laughs> you can just get 20 and uh, it'll kill you. Dead, 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 like 95 percent of the population dead. Really? Because of the mutate. It's coming. It's coming, Stu. It's coming now in, uh, again, a completely unrelated article. Let's put those digital passports to the side. OK, because that's convenient for you. In a, e. You said mm, harmony and ease was your summary? Yeah, harmony and ease. Harmony it's, and ease. It's, okay. it's harmonious, uh, and it's, uh, it's easy, mm-hmm. okay? It's like, I don't know why people don't give the, the TSA their retina scan. Oh, yeah, that uh, sounds harmonious the, and easy. easy. Mm-hmm. You just go in and just <laughs> scan your eyes. The retina is just gives absolutely every bit of information about you. But don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Get on the plane faster. In a, uh, a new post from the International Monetary Fund, what's really new in fintech, financial tech? What's really new? Well, the authors uh, suggest that rapid technological change is coming in the financial industry. And in lieu of this change, they're they're looking at it and saying, well, you know what? What should we be thinking about in the financial industry? So there's 
there's according to the IMF and the um, uh, European Central Bank. I love the central banks like the Fed. They're fantastic. They've been doing some research and they say there's a couple of financial innovations that the world should get on board with. First, information. There are new tools out there to collect and analyze data on customers. That way they can really determine your credit worthiness. And another is communications, a way that we can we can communicate with the bank and the bank can communicate with us. So they're looking at I mean, the first thing they want to do is determine credit worthiness. And they say the most innovative, uh, innovative um, information uh, piece is is uh, the new type of data that comes from the digital footprint of customers, various online activities. This will help the banks decide if you're credit worthy for a loan. Credit scoring, they say, in the old days was on income, employment time, assets, and debts. But that really doesn't give us a snapshot on who people really are. So how do we get really good information? For instance, a lot of kids, they can't get loans for, you know, $400,000 house because they just got out of college. Not fair. And that's not fair. How do they establish credit? I mean, we've all said that, right? When we were young, if you won't give me credit, how could I establish credit? Right? Right? Well, that's what the IB, that's that's what the IMF is all about, to make sure that kids can get credit. So what they're going to do is they're looking at at different information on certain kinds of people, like entrepreneurs, innovators, informal workers maybe there's just not enough information available so what do we do well they've resolved the dilemma by tapping into various non-financial data the type of browser and hardware used to access the internet the history of online searches and purchases now why would my bank need to know what I've been searching online for. Why? Recent research documents that once powered by artificial intelligence and machine learning, these alternative data sources are often superior to traditional credit assessment methods and can advance financial inclusion. Mm. So the type of browser used could potentially indicate a different ranking for browsers that heavily track users like Chrome. But if you use Brave, that emphasizes privacy. So uh, I don't know if you are really credit worthy. So the IMF seems to be suggesting that the banking network is going to begin using a history of online searches and purchases to determine your credit worthiness. So if I read CNN and I buy sports magazines, I'm good. If I listen to Fox or I read my news from the Blaze or Daily Wire, (coughs) have you bought 
food preparation stuff? Have you even been looking at that kind of stuff? Because that makes me a little worried that you might not be able to make a car loan. So I'm not sure we can give you that loan. (sighs) Wait a minute. Hold on just a second. I just saw another piece of data. Apparently, he's been against digital passports, too. I don't know if we can even have him as a bank customer. He's that kind of crazy. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me tell you about Timeshare Termination Team. Timeshare Termination Team. Boy, don't you wish you had some data on the people that were trying to sell you that, huh? The little smarmy guy that comes out and is like, hey, listen, have another drink, okay? I tell you, all the drinks are free and uh, the contract and all that stuff. We'll talk about that later. Have a couple more drinks, will you? My pen's not working right now. Otherwise, I'd give you that contract. I'll wait a couple of hours, maybe six or seven drinks into it. All free. And now you're sitting there with a timeshare that you can't use, you can't afford, and you just want out. Well, no more maintenance fees, no more hassle, no more disappointment, no more pain in the butt. Uh, You're wise enough now to make sure you're not scammed again. Listen, I tell you what, I can get you out of this. Uh, But uh, here, have a couple of free drinks. There are no free drinks. There's no, you know, uh, hotel meetings. There's no free or half price anything with timeshare termination team. There's just a group of really solid people and really good attorneys that are going to get you out 100% money back guarantee. If you want out of your timeshare in a legal way, 100% money back guarantee. If you go to timeshareterminationteam.com or call 888-GET-YOU-OUT, you'll get 20% off when you uh, terminate your timeshare if you tell them that I sent you. So visit them online, timeshareterminationteam.com, and have the peace of mind that it's going to be over soon. Learn more online at timeshareterminationteam.com. Isn't it necessary that all of us review our own attitude and say, yes, it is possible for men and women of goodwill to differ? Ten seconds, station ID.
program yesterday i told you about the uh, the cowboys for uh, trump the guy who started cowboys for trump let me uh let me just remind you that he's still in jail because he's too much of a danger he's a flight risk because well he won't accept this is the judge he won't accept that donald trump lost fair and square and I think we can't post a bail for him. This is from the judge. We can't. He can't post bail because he's a flight risk. He He's crazy enough to believe that. He might believe I'm part of the conspiracy. Oh, my gosh. Wait until you hear what the judge just ruled on the left-wing activist. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Nancy lives in Texas. She's always liked riding horses. She had to slow down if she uh, started to feel real pain in her joints, head to toe. It was it was just overwhelming for her. She heard about Relief Factor from my program and decided she'd give it a try. Nancy lives in Texas. She rides horses. I'm sure she's a huge fan of Bruce Springsteen and that commercial where he wore a cowboy hat. That was so uniting. Anyway, here's the thing. She decided that she would give it a try. It didn't work overnight for Nancy, but she didn't give up hope. She kept up with it. She said after a few weeks, she did begin to notice a difference in the pain levels. After a month, her pain was nearly gone. Nowadays, she's on her horse, and she feels young again, ready to go. She's got her life back, and so can you. Relief Factor, not a drug. It was developed by doctors. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. You can order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. So what do you have to lose besides your pain? Give it a try. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com or 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. And head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn for 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV.
Hello and welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It's Tuesday. Stu is back from the Super Bowl. How was it? It was great. You know, I mean, the Super Bowls, I love it. Uh, it was very strange. Because <laughs> you've gone for 10 years? Gone, I've been to 16 Super Bowls. 16 now. Super Bowls. Uh, Tom Brady has played in eight of them. That's amazing. Played in half of the games. And I have to tell you, we talked about it yesterday. I mean, this is just proof positive. He is the greatest quarterback of all time. You disagree? Uh, No, I unfortunately have to agree. Uh, He's it's quite clear. It's quite clear. When you go to Tampa, a team that would, you know, was struggling and you turn that team around and you win the Super Bowl your first year there. I mean, that's that's really saying something. True. They have a lot of talent. It's a good yeah, they football do. team. Good football um, team. He's he's actually won Super Bowls with worse teams than the Tampa. But yeah. still, it was an amazing uh, it's an amazing guy. Guys, he's like he's an old man. Of course, he's younger than me, but he's an old man. <laughs> You know. He looks. He pisses me off. I know. He pisses me off. <laughs> Too many good things it. have happened to him. Yes. You know, you know how you're like, oh, gosh, 2020, 2021, they suck so far. That's because Tom Brady is taking all the good things. <laughs> He's selfishly acquired all positive uh, things White in life. privilege. It is true, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's a little sad. But so yeah. was it weird? Because uh, it seemed... And I don't know if the roar of the crowd was artificially generated or what. No, yeah, it was just a 20, 25,000 people. Uh, but 25,000 people can be pretty loud. And uh, it, it seemed really loud in the stadium. It, it was oddly, uh, and I'm sure they covered this, but they had all the cardboard people everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't really talk about it. They just showed it. They showed it. And it, it, it felt even in the stadium like it was full. With the exception, of course, you could see the back of cardboard people in front of you. But when you looked across the field, it just felt normal. I mean, it was loud. It was with the exception of like in between plays, it would get a little quieter than I think was normal. Um, That was a little strange. I will say as well, uh, a lot of healthcare heroes there. We love our healthcare heroes. They're Mm. all wearing the little healthcare heroes badge. Mm, Um, I, I will also say. Some of the healthcare heroes, judging by the amount they were drinking, mm-hmm. um, may have needed their own healthcare heroes later in the really? evening. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I, really. I will yeah. say. I don't know if it was the. If anyone deserves a great party, it's yeah, our it's healthcare heroes. Who, yeah, the, uh, ones who, the guys who went in, the women and men who went in at the very beginning when we were like, this could be like a combination of Ebola, <laughs> leprosy, and the common cold. Right. Uh, you know, those guys face that. I, you know, you might want to have a drink or two. Yeah, and they took advantage of that. Yeah. I feel like they whatever money they were going to spend on a Super Bowl ticket, they spent on Budweiser. Did you see that the average, the, the worst state for drinking in the last year has been, is Michigan? The average person <laughs> took 17 hard liquor drinks uh, a week. In Michigan, that's a lot. Seventeen in a, an average of seventeen in a 17, week. Seventeen, an average that wow. can't be true. I mean, otherwise, don't buy a car built in Michigan. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. That's that a, a lot. lot. That is a lot. And you realize too, like I saw some of the shaming that was going on afterward. It's like I'm. People are outside, generally speaking. You know, they were gathering, they were celebrating a, a Super Bowl championship. You're not going to stop that. I mean, unless unless you, you know, you go back to prohibition and you enforce it with the power of the Chinese government, you're not going to be able there. to stop. Yeah, I know. We're, we're getting there. It seems like that's the road they want to go down. It is. But it's it, not the world they want to go down. It is the road we are going down. Not necessarily the alcohol part of it, right? I mean, no. 
I don't but, know the alcohol part of it. I'm just saying, like, you'd have to go back to Prohibition to stop <laughs> oh, these yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah. They're always like, oh, gosh, look at these people. They're gathering. They're having a good time. They're near each other. Well, look, that is going to occur. And especially when you start drinking. People- I felt like it was the first thing that we did. The no- first normal thing America has gone through in a year was the Super Bowl. Because... It, it at least appeared on television yeah. as everybody was together and and it was normal. It fe- I mean, it was, it was definitely weird, weird to yeah. be there. But it, generally speaking, you know, and I keep telling this to people that I know across the country. You don't understand what it's like right now to live in Florida or Texas. It's just pretty much normal. It is. Again, I understand that, like, yes, the mask thing gets people very pissed off around here. Shut up. Uh, You know, you get that. On both sides. Shut up. I'm so sick of talking about masks. I am too. I'm so sick of it. Uh, Mainly because my wife is, like, the number one anti-mask person in the universe. So Mm -hmm. it's all she thinks about and talks about all the time. But it's, like, it's all everybody thinks about all the time. The mask thing is, like, it's still a factor here whenever. But, you know, Florida does not have a state uh, mask mandate. Every place you walk into, you still got to wear the mask. The same way you do in every other state. Because that's just the way it is right now until Mm. this, you know, we get past this thing. I think we all are in the place where we understand that. Um, but like it just like with the exception of there's not as many people at there's not as many sporting events there's not as many concerts things like that but generally speaking it's pretty normal yeah you talk to someone who lives in california they think that it's like they believe lockdown is still here because in many ways it is in these places new york and california you know if you're a liberal there you think states like california i mean like uh, florida and texas are insane yeah insane and you can't the, the, the people come from those environments they can't understand they feel out of place they don't know how to act, interact with people anymore that's weird and then you look it's at bad. like the pictures from florida where people are outdoors gathering having a good time maybe not taking the best precautions uh in this they're drunk they're drunk and so what do you do when you're drunk you're, you're losing your inhibitions right mm-hmm. like so these things are they're screwing <laughs> mass that she is a piece of garbage <laughs> so that happens right and then all the people in New York and California are like, I can't believe these bastards. The, they are the reason we're having all these problems. And they, they shame and shame and shame. You go back to their, their social media feeds from the day after the election and maybe the BLM riots. They don't have the same opinion right. about people being close to each other without masks on. I mean, they don't understand. Coronavirus, <laughs> if you lick it off the breasts of a <laughs> prostitute, it's not a problem. Right. And that's the solution. Uh, but it's it's fascinating when all of this is known that Florida and Texas have better results than California Follow and New York. The science. And it's like, well, I could understand if it was the reverse. If, if California if California and New York had great results, Florida, Texas had terrible results. You might look at like the difference here and say, well, those bastards are just being uh, they're not being Flipping. careful enough. Yeah. I'd understand that. I would, but too. It is the literal reverse, and they still keep doing it. For those of us who live in these states, we wondered, oh, boy, if this turns out the opposite. Especially we're in summer. Doomed. Right. Yeah, right. There was a chance. Doomed. Yeah. And uh, it didn't. And look at us now. What are you waiting for in California? What are you waiting for? I mean, I know the answer to this question. Utopia. Fauci came out and said, we're probably not going to be able to get rid of masks even this year. I mean, maybe in fall, maybe in fall for that. 
Yeah, I think red states I are. Hate it. I know. I know. I I think red. St- I, I think you'll see that in New York and California, where they'll keep this stuff on as long as possible. They don't seem to be interested in in opening things up. You know, now all of a sudden, uh, you know, dumb Andrew Cuomo is out there and he's saying, uh, well, we're going to open up indoor restaurants at like one percent because because when they were open at 100 percent, as you know, Glenn, every one of them fails every three years, right? like 70 percent of restaurants fail every three years when it was 100 percent open. Ah, let me tell you something here. Say the governor of New York. I worked out the math, <laughs> and uh, it's a lot less expensive if they're hiring everybody to run the restaurant, <laughs> but they can only make 25% of uh, what they uh, what it takes to run the restaurant, <laughs> so I'm helping them out. What's the problem? Farm in the guts. Yeah, you better hope that your fattest 25% of customers show up, yeah. or you're going to have a lot of problems. Yeah. It's like it's like opening a all you can eat buffet and only three fat customers show up. It's a problem. OK, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. You're not you're going to go out of business. You make your money on the skinnies. You know, you make your money on table turnovers. Right. I mean, if you're not turning over a table three times a night, you're not going to make you're not going to make it. This is why I'm so passionate about not just open it up. I'm passionate about getting this, getting rid of this freaking virus because we keep like as conservatives, we think, well, oh just gosh, open I it up. Take it. We'll go out. Right. And we'll we'll go. Mm-hmm. Just let us go. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's totally what conservatives would do. Mm-hmm. However, restaurants also depend on annoying liberals. And when 30, 40 percent of the population says, I'm not going out there with this virus, it doesn't matter if they open it up. That's great. Yes, they'll do a little bit better, but they will still all collapse. Then all conservative restaurants should have some sort of a marking. I don't know. Maybe a little yellow star that we can all (laughs) go to and go, Okay, let's support these guys. Liberals aren't going to do it. So, I mean, the the, end, of course, I would argue for personal liberty in all of these circumstances anyway. So, I mean, to me, it's, it's, you know, I'm I'm sick and tired. I am. You know, we're going to bail out New York. Oh, yeah. Illinois. Uh, that's going to be the answer. It's mm-hmm. going to be the answer. We are going to bail out. And I have to tell you, uh, that is one of my lines. That's one of my lines. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. What color is the line? Only red lines are the ones that matter. This, this is, is more of a mauve. <laughs> <laughs> it looks nice on you. It's very nice. Yes. It's a mauve color. Mm. So it's not red, but it's got a hint mm. of it in there. All right. So uh, a mauve I, line. A mauve this is line. Mauve this is my line. mauve line. <laughs> mm-hmm. That if I'm, wait a minute, you want me to pay for college when I couldn't afford to go to college. So I didn't go. And I've been working to get my kids into college, which now my kids won't probably be into any colleges, any good colleges, because white privilege. So I worked hard so my kids could go to college, even though I didn't. And yet the people who have taken out giant loans, this is, by the way, helping more of the wealthy. You know, it's not the it's not the poor people. It's a lot of the wealthy people. They took out these giant loans, went to Harvard, and now we're going to give them the money. We're going to just forgive their loans. Uh, No, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no, Mm -mm. 
Wait, I didn't live in California. See, Californians, you at least got the beach. Yeah. And the beautiful weather. I mean, you paid for it. Yeah, you paid for it mm-hmm. in hassle. Mm-hmm. And taxes. Right. But I, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's one reason why I didn't live there. I've always wanted to live in California, but it's crazy. It's just crazy what you guys have been doing. So I haven't. Okay, you can celebrate all you want, but now I have to pay for the mess you guys made? Uh, I don't think so. Uh-uh. Why, why would I get into that suicide pack with you? You'd drag us all down. No. And it's not just there, right? It's there. It's it's New York. It's Michigan. It's Illinois. It's uh, all of these places uh, all these that states. have t- completely tanked their economy because of the COVID thing. Completely tanked it. Uh, and before that, they were all union states that had c- great control of the unions and great control for for. For the uh, teachers unions and for the fire unions and everybody else when the math didn't work. I really feel bad for firemen and police officers who have been screwed by the system. I mean, I got news for you. You're going to get screwed. There's not enough money. But it's the union's fault because they told you that these magic trees worked. When all of us were standing around going, uh, guys, the math doesn't work right now. There's 20 of you paying for one retiree. Uh, but in, you know, 2015, there will be two of you for every 40 retirees. Not going to work. Yeah, it didn't work then. And then after this year. No, I mean, none of this stuff is going to work. It's no. going to require constant money printing. Like people are like, oh, like Elon Musk. I mean, he's talked about. Uh, Bitcoin, and now it's up to 46,000 per Bitcoin. Well, yeah, that's part of it. But I mean, the the under well, the under uh, arching sort of like overarching, I guess, way of talking about this is like everyone recognizes they're going to be printing money at, at yep. an impossible rate yep. for eternity. Yep. So I don't know. The thing that has a absolute maximum limit of, of, of amount, Bitcoin with 21 million. Well, no wonder Watch. it's going to go up. Bitcoin is going to be at 100 grand. By the end of the year, Bitcoin will be at 100 grand. And it's because Elon Musk just made a big move. And I've, I've read that Apple is considering putting $5 billion Yeah, uh, Elon Musk did $1.5 billion yeah. through Tesla. Apple is considering putting $5 billion. Once Apple, if they make that move, look for the herd of financial mm. buffalo mm. that are going to roll into that thing. All righty. So let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, Rough Greens. Cheryl lives in Texas. She writes about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She wrote and she said, I was actually a bit skeptical that this would have any effect on my dog. But the difference is unbelievable. I know. I know. Same way. She said, I decided to buy this when my 11-year-old dog uh, had to have surgery and wasn't doing well. Within a week's time, she was playing like a puppy. I'm amazed how much better both of my dogs' digestion has been as well. Thank you. Thank you, Rough Greens. 
Yes, another satisfied listener, another satisfied customer. That's kind of what we do here at the Glenn Beck program. <laughs> so uh, check out Rough Greens. If you have a dog, I know you want the best for your dog. It's not a food. It's a supplement that you put on the food, and it makes all the difference in the world. Get the Jumpstart bag today for fourteen ninety five. Start the process of getting your dog healthier and happier. If you want to see your dog thrive... Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. That's R-U-F-F greens.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Yesterday, I told you about the, uh, the cowboy for Trump who was outside of the Capitol during the riot, was not participating in it, just on the grass of the Capitol, was, was, didn't do any of it. He's being held without bail. But the left-wing activist who crawled through a window was saying, burn this down, this is ours, take it. He doesn't pose any threat to society, and uh, he has been released from, released from jail. He's fine. Judge with a cowboy? Nah, he won't accept the results of the election. I mean, that's crazy. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, between the news, appointment TV, endless scrolling on our phones, we're looking at our screens, unfortunately, more than ever. But how do you rest your eyes without feeling totally unplugged? Well, put on a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds and listen to something great. Whether you're listening to your favorite podcast, an audiobook, or working out to a pumped-up playlist, Raycons are built to perform anywhere, anytime, with water and sweat-resistant construction and seamless Bluetooth pairing. There are no dangling wires or white stems that are poking out of your ears. They're really comfortable, come in a variety of colors for maximum style and six hours of playtime, so you can unplug for a good long while. Best part? Raycon wireless earbuds start at half the price of premium audio brands like Apple. So you can pick up a pair and a spare. Right now, get 15% off Raycons at buyraycon.com slash Beck. That's buy, B-U-Y, raycon.com slash Beck. 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds, buyraycon.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, let me tell you about real estate agents uh, I trust. If you're entering the real estate market, either as a buyer or a seller, hey, that's fun. Oh, it's always a good time. Yeah. Always a good, good time. time. Mm-hmm. Good time. Especially when you have some random person you just met in like a Starbucks who's your agent. Yeah. That's when that's it gets great. really good. Or a nephew. Oh, uh, yeah. hi, hi, Uncle Stu. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to sell your house. Oh, good. That's good. Good. Um, what you need is somebody who really knows the market, somebody who knows the area, somebody who's going to get you the best price for your home and your next home. So it's real estate agents I trust. You just go there. You tell us what you're looking for. You know, I'm buying or selling in this area, and we will find the best real estate agent for you. It's just that easy. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, we continue with hour two. Coming up in a second. to hear is the fusion 
The Glenn Beck Program. Well, the impeachment uh, trial begins today. Without, without Justice Thomas involved, which is weird because that's what the Constitution calls for. But he said, I don't think this is really uh, constitutional, so I'm not going to be there. But don't worry. We have Fred from down the street, the you know, at the bowling alley. He's going to be looking over everything. It's just like he's a Supreme Court justice. You know what I'm saying? So we have that going on. Also, your kids. Oh, the curriculum is changing. You know, only to unite us and educate our kids. California, holy cow, holy cow, California, I, uh, I mean, why don't you just, why don't you just get a divorce, really, from the rest of the United States, because you are, you know, you keep talking about equal rights, I don't think they mean what you think they mean, you should see the curriculum, we'll go over it, because it's coming your way, in 60 seconds. program well one thing i've learned about men ever since being informed by my wife is that we're simple i think that's what she said she may have said simple-minded but i think it was simple they were just simple we're just we're simple uh anyway uh the point is we have simple desires meat sex sleep i mean i think that's pretty much it i think that's pretty much it uh and if we could do all three of them at the same time, I mean, that's utopia, really. Now, Rectech is not going to help you with uh, two of the three. But if you are looking for great, great food, if you're looking for great meat on the on the grill, my gosh, Rectech is the perfect smoker. It is the perfect uh, uh, grill. It is. I mean, it's so so far ahead of its competitors. I want you to A-B compare them. I want you to go online and look for whatever you think the best grill is. And then I want you to go to rectech.com and I want you to see the difference. It is remarkable. And they do this. They're able to make it so great and so sturdy because they're not selling them at like Home Depot. So they don't have to cut Home Depot into it. And they've taken that money that they would have done with Home Depot and they've poured it into Rectech. It's got the latest, greatest smart grill technology. It's built like a tank. You're going to love it. Check it out now at Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. So there is something going on in California that... uh, is quite disturbing, quite disturbing. We have taken critical race theory uh, and we're putting it into K through 12. And it is going to divide us in little groups. I mean, look at how we already are so divided. And it's all coming under the equal rights. Hey, let's all let's 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 all end racism. No, that this is going to further it. This is really dangerous stuff that's happening in California. And uh, uh, Wen Yin Wu is the executive director of Californians for Equal Rights. Uh, uh, Dr. Wu is also um, uh, also one of the people that that brought the lawsuit. I think it was against Harvard or was it Yale that that Biden just dismissed uh, about how they were just dismissing Asians 
because we have too many Asians here. Too many Asians. And it's okay to to apparently do that to Asians. Yeah. Uh, certain yeah. groups, it's okay to discriminate against, yeah. as, as Ibram Kendi has told us. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Wu, welcome to the program. How are you? I am good. Good morning. Thank you for having me today. And please stay when you are. Thank you. Can you just, uh, let's just get a quick comment on uh, the dismissal of your case uh, in the Ivy League schools by the uh, government this, this, this week. Right. Right. So in 2016, May 2016, my home group, Asian American Coalition for Education, brought a federal civil rights complaint against Yale on its alleged anti-Asian discrimination in admissions. And after a two-year investigation by uh, the Trump administration's Department of Justice, they concluded that Yale, in fact, discriminated against Asian American applicants with quotas, higher standards, and stereotypes, all these, you know, good mm-hmm. stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and last year, last August, DOJ launched a federal lawsuit against Yale as a result of our civil rights complaint. So we were very happy to, 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 to see that, um, uh, that result and that lawsuit, but uh, we, it's kind of um, expected that the Biden administration uh, would roll back, would dismiss this lawsuit. Wow, just nine, eight days after the administration signed an executive order um, combating anti-Asian xenophobia and racism. So you see the glaring irony here, right? So are they really for equal rights? Are they, or they're just about... Uh, ideological uh, racial spoils and identity politics. So uh, let me switch now to California uh, because the same kind of thing is happening in California on a mass scale with the ethnics studies, um, the uh, curriculum that has been released. Uh, We have seen the first draft. I know they're up on the third draft now, um, but some of these things uh are really disturbing first of all it seems to be the motive to put everybody into a little category a little box and make sure you understand your divisions um there is a in the curriculum a historic u.s social movements black lives matter me too criminal justice reform but it also includes boycott divestment and sanctions movement for Palestine described as a global social movement that currently aims to establish freedom for Palestinians living under apartheid conditions. Holy cow. It also (laughs) teaches that the 1948 Israel war of independence, they refer to that as Nakba, which if you know anything about the Arab world, Uh, That is uh, what they call the Day of Independence in Arabic. It means catastrophe. John Lewis, Martin Luther King, Justice Thurgold Marshall were not in uh, the the uh, influential people section. However, Pol Pot was in. Uh, Capitalism classified as a form of power and oppression. Although classism, homophobia, Islamophobia, and transphobia were listed as forms of oppression, anti-Semitism was not. Uh, what? What is this? <laughs> this is this is science fiction becoming reality. So uh, before we delve into the you know the de- the technical details of this 
very divisive and problematic third draft, third and final draft of ethnic studies model curriculum. I would like to just talk a little bit about uh, my background and also how I got involved um, in a bigger uh, context. So currently, as you introduced, I am with Californians for Equal Rights, a nonpartisan and nonprofit organization with a mission to promote the principles of equality and merit. And uh, between fighting for equal education rights of Asian American students from my home group and defending California's constitutional principle of equal rights and pushing back this ideological invasion of critical ethnic studies in California's K-12 education, okay, but, I but see an... When you end, right. I, I think that... In the old days, uh, people would have thought, well, then, you know, Glenn Beck and Wen and Wu have, you know, they're on different sides of the. Uh, no, I think we both <laughs> define equal rights the, in an opposite way than what is now being uh, pushed in California. We're, you're saying let's understand that uh, everybody has the same access and the same rights that's not what's being taught now. No, not at all. Not at all. And this is very, very dangerous. So the movement in California regarding this ethnic studies model curriculum, I, in my opinion, must be understood in relation to these systematic assaults on equal treatment and merit in the Golden State and beyond. In 2020, I had the honor to be part of uh, the heroic non 16 campaign, which successfully defeated a racial preference ballot measure, Proposition 16, on the state ballot, with an impressive margin of 57% versus 43%. And that, even though I can... So if yeah. people don't know, that was uh, the vote to reverse the discrimination laws, that you, you could discriminate for social justice, right. right? Okay. Right, right, exactly. So that ballot measure would have brought, would have reversed a very important principle in the California Constitution, which clearly states that the state shall not discriminate against or grant preferential treatment to any individual or group on the basis of race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin in the operation of public employment, public education, or public contracting, but the California state legislature is perennially obsessed with race and is even currently considering a list of bills that would have reinstated racial preferences in a number mm. of public policy areas. And these race-obsessed lawmakers also have powerful allies, such as the University of California um, teachers' unions and even the California Chamber of Commerce, which all endorsed racial preferences last year. And in the meantime, it's crazy. And in the meantime, you know, our quality of K-12 education in California continues to decline with low income and minority students being heard the most. So, for example, over 60 percent of California students, grades 3 to 11, cannot do math proficiently. And only 50 percent can read proficiently. Oh, my gosh. And there is a persistent racial achievement gap. Of course, but instead of legislating or promoting policies that address root causes behind the gaps and the dismal state of public education, these politicians and civil servants, I, I call them ideologues, they want to perpetuate the problem, first with racial preferences, then with dumbing down the standards, and now with political indoctrination in this 
very divisive ethnic studies model curriculum. And I would like to, you know, go into uh, talking about this critical ethnic studies okay, model so, curriculum. All right. So hang on. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Wu, Executive Director of Californians for Equal Rights, about the new curriculum. This is important to you because it will be coming to your state. In some form or another, this is being introduced into your schools, uh, and you need to be on the gates of your education and make sure that this does not pass those gates. Uh, We'll have more in just a second. Let me take a one-minute break and tell you a little bit about uh, Built Bar, because it's day 40. Yeah, day 40 of the weight loss regime. Dear Diary, this morning, yet another fit of genius. I attempt to lose weight by pulling the stuffing slowly out of the voodoo doll of myself. So far, no change that I can tell, but I am tracking it by the hour. My wife has asked to borrow the voodoo doll and my pocket knife for later. I don't understand women. I don't know what she's going to do with it. Meanwhile, tonight, I'll be attempting weight loss through osmosis by placing a diet book beneath my pillow. I'm also going to eat a Bilt Bar instead of my usual candy bar. One of those two things probably going to be effective. Love, Glenn. If you haven't tried a Built Bar yet, you're missing out. If you're looking for something that will help you lose weight, keep the weight off, or just keep you healthy without tasting like a doormat, this thing tastes like a candy bar, and it is healthy for you. It's high in fiber, high protein, low sugar, low calorie. It's made with real chocolate, and it is healthier than your average protein bar. They have a ton of flavors. You're going to love them. So don't give up on your resolution. Built Bar is the answer. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code BECK, and get 20% off your next order. That's promo code BECK for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So we're uh, we're with uh, Dr. Wenyuan Wu, uh, and we're talking about this new curriculum on ethnic studies that is coming to K through 12 in California and will be coming your way. Um, We have about eight minutes here to to go through the curriculum. And I really want to talk to you about some of the people behind this curriculum that are really quite disturbing. Uh, So. Give us the highlights of what is going to be taught by uh, to our to our kids in California. Sure. So I would like to start briefly with an example of how um, this the case of critical ethnic studies was brought to my attention. So last late last year, a group of scholars, educators, and nonprofit organizations, including my organization, Californians for Equal Rights put together a task force to connect people concerned about ethnic studies and the incursion of critical race theory in California and to raise public awareness on this important issue. And on December 9th, 2020, our group received an anonymous tip from a Cupertino parent with some disturbing instructional materials on social identities, power, privilege, and white racism. And these materials were intended for a third grade math class at Maya Holtz Elementary in an upscale community in Cupertino. So that, uh, that raised my, my, my attention, my alarm. And, and I, you know, I, started to, I started to dig deeper into this, this critical ethnic studies 
model curriculum, which will also be used, operated as a national blueprint for how ethnic studies should be taught in K-12 education. So this is not just an ethnic problem. It's not a Jewish problem merely or Asian problem. It's a fundamental issue against right. our commonly held beliefs. And I, after my investigation and my partnership with several other uh, groups fighting against this in California, we found out that the invasion of critical race theory into ethnic studies is a result of a multi-year campaign to produce a statewide ethnic studies model mm. curriculum administratively and to mandate ethnic studies as a college and high school graduation requirement legislatively. In other words, the radicalization of ethnic studies and social studies in general in California toward intersectionality, neo-Marxism, and postmodernism did not happen in a vacuum. A group of far-left activists, activist scholars, progressive lawmakers, and bureaucratic ideologues have conspired to make critical race theory or critical ethnic studies a mainstream pedagogy. And this started in 2016, when then-California Governor Jerry Brown signed AB 2016 into law. AB 2016 requires ethnic studies to be taught in public high schools, including charter schools and mandates the state to adopt a model curriculum. The current deadline for adopting the ethnic studies model curriculum is March 31st this year. So between 2016 and now, three versions have been introduced for public comments, and each has met fierce opposition. The first draft got 21,000 public comments, with the Jewish American community being the most vocal opponent. The second one received... 35,000 comments and led Governor Newsom to veto AB331 last year, which would have mandated ethnic studies based on that divisive model, model curriculum as a high school graduation requirement. The third and final draft was released last December and contained some window dressing revisions to address criticisms on some glaring neo-Marxist and anti-Semitic elements. But it, it is still very controversial so the, and rooted. It, it, it has yeah. to be. It, uh, it's my understanding that when you started looking into the evolution of this thing, you found a mm-hmm. group, Union Del Barrio. And I, I just want to I want to quote from their Facebook page. Union Del Barrio is a political group comprised of individuals that are committed to the organizational discipline in order to develop the science strategy and structures needed to overturn our oppression as Mexicans and Latin Americans within the current borders of the United States. We struggle for the self-defense and ultimate liberation of La Raza, translation, the race, while we're also seeking to integrate our movement with the continental uh, liberation process that is taking place throughout uh, america we are working tirelessly to unify the collective power of raza workers women and men blah 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 indigenous communities prisoners in order to unite as a strong and sustainable social and political movement for self-determination and socialism uh i don't know that doesn't sound like a good group to have right in this thing right but they have been uh, the Union de Barrio has been instrumental in sort of uh, radicalizing the, the, the contents 
and the guiding principles of California's ethnic studies model curriculum, according to credible sources from inside whistleblowers and researchers, we have unearthed evidence of this strange radical group of activists based in Southern California as the leader for this sweeping ide- ideological reform in education. So in, as a result, this movement led by Union de Barrio has hijacked genuine cultural and ethnic studies and turned it into a political battleground mm. of un-American worldviews. And this story started in 2013 with the People's Campaign by this group, Union del Barro, okay. which is, as you described, an independent political organization working Dr. towards political revolution. Dr. Uh, Wenyan Wu, Executive Director, Californians for Equal Rights. I'd love to have you. I'd love to do a TV show on this. Uh, you can find her at CaliforniansForEqualRights.org. CaliforniansForEqualRights.org. We're going to get into this from the teacher perspective in just a few minutes stand by this is the glenn Beck program i mean when when a california educator has the guts to come on this program and and say there's a problem maybe there's a problem and we all need to listen so an online clothing retailer called Bonyabos, i guess just had to inform its customers of a data breach that exposed the personal information of up to seven million people seven million maybe you're one of those people it was uh, leaked on a hacker forum, and that's the information that cyber criminals can use in phishing attacks for identity theft. Hey, how great is that? There are enough things to worry about. My gosh, it is like fighting a fire with uh, a, a bottle of seltzer. Uh, we are busy trying to put all these fires out. The last thing you need to worry about is identity theft. Nobody can monitor all transactions at all businesses, but I mean, can you can't even have the time to do all of it. This is where LifeLock Identity Theft Protection comes in. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com promo code back. Take this worry off of your plate. They'll watch your back and help you solve it if something slips through. It's LifeLock.com promo code back. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn, the promo code being Glenn, to get 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. We were just talking to Dr. Wenyan Wu and uh, about what's happening with ethnic studies uh, in California. And this is something that is coming to your state and uh, your your schools we have to be aware of this and we have to quite honestly stop it if you believe in equal rights as articulated by martin luther king i'm in but if you think martin luther king meant that uh we have to crush white people that that was malcolm x Malcolm X was teaching, at least at the beginning, he was teaching hatred and division. That's not American. We are all created equal and all given rights, and we have to fight for those equal rights. But this is a perversion of those. Now, Lori Myers, she is a uh, co-founder for Educators for Excellence in Ethnic Studies. She's a California educator, I think a first grade uh, teacher. 
Um, and she wants to talk about the uh, ethnic studies model curriculum uh, that is awaiting passage now uh, in uh, California. Welcome, Lori. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show, Glenn. I really appreciate your taking the time to talk about this super important issue that uh, we're facing in California right now. And I totally agree with you. It is going nationwide. I am so concerned. This changes the future for generations. If we don't, if we start teaching this poison, we're done. As a people, I don't even, not even as a, a America, but as a people, we start to look at everything differently. I completely agree with you. Um, and as teachers, we consider ourselves to be pretty much on the front lines of this, but the real people on the front lines of this are our students. And that's why our group was formed. We are a grassroots group of hundreds of educators from across the country who want to make sure that we have ethnic studies curricula that achieve really important goals, confronting racism, developing civic responsibility, building the 21st century skills that our students need, like critical thinking, communication, creativity, but that don't devolve into critical race theory, which not only won't accomplish those goals, but will do quite the opposite. Exactly. I mean, I, Lori, I, uh, I don't know how you feel uh, about any of this, and so you don't have to comment on it. But I have to tell you, in looking at critical race theory, and I've tried to swear off this word, in looking at what it teaches and how it teaches, the only word I can come up with to describe it is evil. It is intentionally destroying people their communication with each other it's dividing everybody it it makes you feel horrible about yourself i mean it's so defeating so what i really appreciate about what you just said is that critical race theory in the classroom and in particular our group right now is focused on the ethnic studies model curriculum but there are a couple of other different uh, front lines on critical race theory in California, um, but that we're not just concerned about what critical race theory teaches, that's the framework, we're concerned about how it teaches, and that's the pedagogy. And both are concerning, um, but in some ways, the pedagogy piece of it, how educators bring so, this into their classrooms so is let's, even more concerning. Lori, let's just pretend we don't know what pedagogy means. <laughs> I know. I've been told that many times. I'm sorry I'm down in the weeds. That's all right. Um, ped pedagogy is, uh, is how teachers teach. Uh, for example, um, if I'm teaching math, um, I might be teaching content, which would be addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. But the methodology I'm using to teach it, the pedagogy would be Singapore math or um, um, University of Chicago style okay. math. So, it's the so, way I teach it. So there is a, I'm trying to find it in one of the things uh, where the pedagogy uh, would be to, uh, and it didn't say inflict trauma, but uh, make students feel vulnerable, sad, helpless, uh, and teachers need to be familiar with trauma-informed practices. That sounds like a bad pedagogy. Am I using that correctly? And can you explain yeah, so, what this is? Right. So, so that's actually um, 
what one of the reasons that we are so deeply concerned about critical race theory as a pedagogy um, it's out in the classroom in a number of different ways, and I'm happy to share examples. But the end result um, is that we're concerned about how it will cause trauma. And as teachers, parents are trusting us every day when they can't send their children to school to keep their children safe and secure. In fact, I, I've, I've looked up the code of ethical conduct for a number of school districts, which that student safety and welfare is teachers' highest priority. And every teacher knows that unless we have that foundation in the classroom, learning just isn't going to happen. Yet the ethnic studies model curriculum itself acknowledges that topics like oppression, which by the way is mentioned in the model curriculum over 200 times, words like oppressed, oppression, oppressed, can make students feel, and i quoting, vulnerable, sad, guilty, and helpless. And then the model curriculum itself states that teachers need to be attentive to, quote, trauma-informed education practices. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. A school curriculum should not need a trauma warning. Okay, so, but wait, there, but isn't that saying uh, trauma-informed practices, uh, doesn't that mean that you kind of want to inflict a little trauma because that helps inform and it helps shape them? So that that's a really interesting point. Um, and as educators, we agree that there are going to be difficult topics that are taught in school. Correct. As long as they are grade level appropriate. For example, students learning about the killing fields, students learning about Rwanda, students learning about the Holocaust. Those are going to be dif difficult topics, but right. a well-trained, good teacher teaching them with a well-developed curriculum will be able to teach them and maybe cause students to feel some deep emotions, but not trauma. And the other important difference is that with a critical race theory pedagogy, these traumas are caused because students are made to internalize feelings around impression. It's not just right. the content that they're learning. It's the pedagogy that's having them internalize these feelings and feel personal responsibility either for inflicting oppression on somebody else or feeling like students in your class are responsible for inflicting oppression on you. And, it go and that's where the pedagogy piece is important. And I'm, it, I'm sorry. The, no, no, no. And it goes the other way as well. There in Berkeley, in the unified school district there, there was a lawsuit. Are you aware of this? And can you tell the story? So um, I'm not aware of a lawsuit in Berkeley, but what I am aware of, and I actually spoke with the former school board member whose student was in this class when this happened, um, various, so the school board member told me that in their ethnic studies class, which at that point was a high school graduation requirement, quote, various groups were denounced, boys, Caucasians, privileged students, High achieving AP students of all races of all races um, were made to feel bad. And another quote, white kids were made to feel bad. And the problems were so rampant in the district that the district was forced to drop ethnic studies as and a graduation. What were the what were the problems that w this was causing? 
uh, the problems were that students were starting to denounce each other and target each other. And that's one of our concerns with critical race theory in the classroom. So first, what critical race theory does is it has students identify as part of a group based solely on race, based solely on skin color, and then assigns a judgment to them based on that racial identity. The second piece, is then it asserts that one group is the oppressor over the other. And that sets up an oppositional relationship between the groups. It literally pits students against each other. And that's where I come back to the goals of ethnic studies and how this approach, a critical race theory pedagogy, is not going to help bridge the cultural divide. It's not going to build cultural understanding. It's not going to have students develop respect for inclusion. And these are all the goals of the original bill that mandated ethnic the development of the ethnic studies model curriculum. And that's why I keep coming back to we all, I hope we all share these important goals, but critical race theory pedagogy is not the right way to get there. I don't know if we still agree on the same goals. There are people that are taking, I mean, I know that Martin Luther King has been put back in on the third draft, but if your instinct is to uh, talk nice about Pol Pot and delete Martin Luther King, I don't think you get it. I mean, Martin Luther King articulated what American, he didn't tear down America. He said, America, live up to your own founding words. He challenged us to be better. And he challenged us to all live in a world where race doesn't matter. I'm not sure that everybody agrees with that anymore. Well, I I agree with what you just said. But what you just said is absolutely consistent with the bill that mandated the development of the ethnic studies model curriculum. It says that one of the goals is for students to promote collect self and collective empowerment to promote critical thinking, to develop a more complex understanding of the human experience um, from the California social studies framework. It's the standards that we all need to track to ethnic studies should help students develop respect for cultural diversity and see the advantages of inclusion. Those are all consistent with Martin Luther King. My concern is that the model curriculum in its current incarnation, and in fact, its incarnation since its genesis back in 2016, has been based on a critical race theory foundation that is inconsistent with the original goals approved by the state. If we had a curriculum that tracked to those original goals, that tracked to California standards approved by the State Board of Education, then we wouldn't be having that problem. So I do think that you and I agree on the goals and the state of California agrees on the goals. The curriculum is what isn't agreeing with those goals. And that's why it has to change. Lori, I'd love to have you back. I'd love to actually do a TV show with you um, because I, I, I don't think there's anything more important than what's happening in our schools. And, you know, teachers have got to stand up and parents have to stand up. Uh, I really appreciate it. If you would like to uh, reach out to uh, to Lori, you can follow her on Twitter at Teacher Myers. That's M-E-Y-E-R-S. Uh, or your her website, Educators for Excellence. That's the number four. Educators for Excellence dot Weebly dot com. Lori, thank you so very much. Thank you so much, Glenn. You bet. 
by the way uh, a few things you can do get the word out share this um uh these things are are going to get very bad if you're not standing guard right now if your kids are being taught on zoom school look at the assignments meet with your school board members talk about this curriculum for ethnic studies uh follow your kids school board minutes uh, ask for a public review if anything is being introduced in ethnic studies. You've got to stand guard and speak up. Okay, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's AMAC. If you're considering joining a senior group, where are you going to get the best value? Well, the most bang for your buck, if you will, I strongly urge you to look into AMAC because it stands for the Association of Mature American Citizens, and it has over 2 million members, and it's growing every day. AMAC doesn't just provide you with the discounts and services that you need and want from a seniors group, but they also they're also extremely proactive in in defending the things that we all hold dear. They represent courage, faith, and reason in trying times. They stand for solvency, and <laughs> which is going to be over soon. National security and sovereignty over our unchecked borders. They believe in the sanctity of life. In Washington, D.C., AMAC has been pushing back for years against the radical socialist agenda. They were there in 2008 and 2009. That's really when they stepped to the plate and said, OK, we got to do something different because nobody is fighting for this. AMAC, fight with them. Become a member today. The benefits are great. The cause is even greater. Join now at amac.us slash Beck. A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. Tomorrow night on Glenn TV. And the question is, how are we going to really almost deprogram these people who have signed up for the cult of Trump? Blacklists, purges, investigations and arrests. Is this the new Red Scare? Unless we make sure that there is no infiltration, you will see a red world. Glenn exposes the dangers and next steps of this anti-conservative movement. Are you on the list? Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. So Tulsi Gabbard, uh, who is going to be a a guest on my podcast in coming weeks, is uh, going to be uh, or was was on uh, Stephen Crowder last night talking about how do we fix what's happening with high tech? Listen to what she said. It seems like everyone in positions of power right now in the Democrat Party support stifling opinions they don't like on, on, on big tech platforms. Yeah, it, and and this is this is what's dangerous is as they're looking at so-called reform, they're they're not really looking in the right places. You know, when people go and actually look at Section 230, the fact it, the, the fix is actually quite simple, uh, where it you just change the line where it says essentially big tech has the authority to remove objectionable content. How much more vague can you get than that? Objectionable to who or for what reason? But then the thing that comes after that is the most troubling part. It says whether it is uh, constitutional or not. You can see all of this interview with Tulsi Gabbard uh, with Steven Crowder. You can find him at Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So this is going to come as a surprise. Coordinated deplatforming of Parler has come under question as arrest numbers highlight Facebook's role in the Capitol Hill riot. Mm. 
We begin there in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So you just want the best night's sleep you've ever had. You want it consistently, right? I mean, I just want to sleep. What are you waiting for? I've been telling you about MyPillow and all their products for a long time now, and it's time for you to find out for yourself just how amazing they really are. The the pillow is practically magical. I would not buy it if I were in a store. If I hadn't have laid my head down on it, I wouldn't have bought it because I would think this this is a stupid pillow and it's not going to. It's not going to hold up. It's not going to be. And it is amazing. It really is. Uh, the pillow is uh, you put, you, you know, your fists on uh, through each side of it one time before you go to bed. And it is perfect. It really is. Uh, also, their dream sheets. Man, they're just the best cotton. You're going to love it. The products at MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials. Check out the buy one, get one free offer on the Giza Dream Sheets. You'll find discounts on all of the MyPillow products as well. Enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117. Get the great radio specials now at MyPillow.com. Brace yourself because this is going to come as a complete shock to you. Facebook was the social media network most used to organize the January 6th Capitol riot. Now, this is according to an analysis of the Department of Justice charging documents. The program on extremism at George Washington University has collected the indictments of 223 people. Now, these were people charged in participating in the Capitol riot. It's it's what's weird about this is Facebook was used by 73 of the people charged with crimes. That's more than all of the other social media sites combined. So how come Parler was banned it's always such a strange target to me right like you i mean parlor has its good points but it was never a dominant social network you know i mean it was well it was with those crazies i guess that was the idea right like that the people we already banned off of twitter keep going there yeah so no they actually were at facebook (laughs) more than any other more than all of the other social networks combined that should say something. So why was Parler banned? And why was Parler banned from using Amazon's online infrastructure? I mean, look at what happened to them. It was only used by eight of the people charged. Out of 220, only eight were on Parler. Google, Apple removed Parler. This is collusion. This is honestly... This is Detroit, the big three auto manufacturers, putting Auburn out of business, putting the Duesenberg company out of business. That's what it is. They know what's good for them, and they got to get rid of any of the uh, competitors. And so they will collude to destroy their competitors, anybody who's coming up. You know, and I... Not again. No knock on Parler. I like Parler, and the a lot of I know some of the people behind it are real free speech believers. Like this is why they started this. Like, right. They, right. So, but it's like 
I think it's bigger than just knocking out their competition. A competition. I don't oh, think it, Twitter it, no, or it, Facebook or Apple see Parler as competition. They were an upstart network. They were doing what they could get, do to get going. Where I think what they see is they want they want a threat to conservative speech in a very public way. You know, throwing off X or Y person off of. Uh, Twitter sends some level of message, yes, right? Yes. But just banning, you can't even go to a secondary platform and say conservative things. That says a lot more. I mean, it, oh, it says I, to I conservatives, it, don't it, even try to get on correct. these platforms. It, it 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 ran a deep chill through everyone who yeah. does what we do. It's message everyone. setting. I, 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 because it, it wasn't just, it wasn't just that they banned uh, Parler and deleted the apps. It wasn't just that. No. It was... You can't use any of the infrastructure of the Internet. It's amazing. These people who pushed for net neutrality because, yeah. God forbid, Comcast might slow your Netflix. All these years they complained about that. And when you know places like Amazon Web Services are removing an entire app because they say too many conservative things. Again, um, that's my summary of that situation, not theirs. But that is totally fine with the same people. That, that oh gosh, you might not be able to watch your uh, you know your Hulu uh, at high enough quality. Uh, that's a real real danger here. So Facebook had seventy three of the people that were charged said they they were on Facebook and they were organizing through Facebook. Eight used Parler, but listen to this. This is from um, uh, Cheryl Sandberg. She's she said this on January eleventh in the Washington Post. She's, by the way, a chief operating officer at Facebook. She said, I think these events were largely organized on platforms that don't have our abilities to stop hate and don't have our standards mm -hmm. and don't have our transparency. Cheryl, looks like you were wrong. Looks like you were wrong. All of your highfalutin hate speech filters didn't apparently catch it. Huh. What's up with that? Let me give you let me show you where we are headed. You think you have the First Amendment. This story would be in the old days, you know, back in December. Uh, you would have looked at a story like this and went, well, that's why I live in America. And if you didn't understand that America was completely different than every other country in the world. You'd say, well, don't why? Where is their freedom of speech? This story comes from uh, Great Britain, Scotland. A man has been rest arrested and charged in Scotland, quote, in connection with an offensive social media tweet about Captain Sir Tom Moore. Now, do you know who he was? Sir Tom Moore, he's that old guy. He was like 100 years old. He was a World War II veteran. He was one of the I think he was the first to get the covid vaccine. Well, he died in the hospital, treated with pneumonia and then uh, you know, so yeah, COVID so um, apparently the uh, apparently the whole covid uh, vaccination didn't really help him out very much. But he was he was knighted by uh, Queen Elizabeth. I mean, he was a big, big celebrity over there and seemed like a really sweet guy so <laughs> a 34 year old man has been arrested and charged in connection with communication offenses 
and is due to appear at Lanark uh, Sheriff Court Wednesday, 17th of February. According to the Daily Mail, the 35-year-old Joseph Kelly is due to appear at the court and accused of these communication offenses triggering outrage from free speech campaigners. The communication offense in question relates to a tweet that Kelly wrote shortly after Captain Sir Tom Moore's death, which read, trigger alert. I just, please, <laughs> you've never heard things like this or seen anything like this on social media. So please, uh, you are, remove all children. And when I say children, I mean, of course, up to 26 so if they're up to 26 years, if you are 26, you know what? Let's make it easy. If you're under 50, please just go back into the crib and pull the covers over your fit because you're not going to be able to handle this. He tweeted, the only good Brit soldier is a deed one. D-E-E-D. I think that's because that's the way they say it. It's got deed. Uh, burn, old fella, Burn. Now, normally, what I would do is go, you're an idiot, and I'd move on with my life. <laughs> but that's because we live in this wilderness called America. According to the police in Scotland, the tweet was reported three days after it sat there on the Internet. Three <laughs> days it sat there. Oh, my gosh. And it comes as the SNP continues efforts to introduce a new hate crime bill that will criminalize stirring up hatred. Now, that doesn't sound vague at all. But Section 127 of the United Kingdom's Communication Act, uh, signed into law under Tony Blair's government, states a person is guilty of an offense if he sends by means of public electronic communication network a message or other matter that is grossly offensive or an indecent, obscene, or menacing character. And he will be liable, according to Section 127, on summary conviction to imprisonment for a term not exceeding six months or a fine not exceeding level five on the standard scale. <sighs> level five. Ooh. Uh, if you don't think that's coming your way, they're already doing it. And you know how they're getting away around the free speech thing? Well, first, they're indoctrinating anybody under 30 uh, to think that free speech isn't really free. You can't, you don't have the right to say something crazy about the government. You don't have a right to hurt people's feelings. What kind of speech needs to be protected? I mean, you can't just say that religious stuff anywhere. What, really? So you want, what do you want to, you want the cat in a hat to be protected? What, what, I mean, nobody's really saying, well, I mean, they will be soon. How dare you put that cat in a hat? Cats don't wear hats. Why would you put a hat on a cat? You know, cats are people too. Mm-hmm. So I'm using this as an example. What time is it? I'm using this as an example for today only because this may seem like, listen to that fuddy-duddy next week when cat in the hat is suddenly really offensive. What kind of speech needs protecting other than the speech that really pisses you off? How do you how are you misunderstanding this? We should point out here so that 
our speech is is not silenced immediately by all social networks and all across America that uh, Sir Tom Moore did not get the coronavirus vaccine. He was he. Wa- oh, there's a different guy. He wanted to get oh, it. He was the guy who he raised had, the money. He raised the money. He raised forty five million dollars for health workers. He was very famous. Oh, okay. Britain. He would have had the vaccine. However, he was on pneumonia medicine already and made him ineligible for okay, it. So good, just good, so good. Good. Just Thank so you. We, <laughs> good. Because I like the other guy, but I like this guy, too. Hmm. I mean, I think both of them were great, but I should be banned. I you should, should be, be banned. I should you, be banned. This is what should I happen should to you. I should be banned. <laughs> we interrupt this never-ending dumpster fire for something less flammable. So let's go to America, where we don't have any dumbers here. And I'd like to talk to you a little before I start this story about Darwin and his theory of the survival of the fittest. Now, uh, lefties who buy into Darwin say that this is the way a worm became a man. Because the dumb worms that didn't have any hands, uh, those worms died out, even though we still have those worms. But they died out and suddenly, boom, he's doing the Glenn Beck program. Isn't that weird? Now, how did that happen? Well, the ones that couldn't defend themselves, the ones that were too stupid or just defective in some way. What a great progressive word, defective. They were eliminated. Thus, we had the idea of eugenics. Let's speed the process up by getting rid of all of our defectives. So it was great. And I've never been for it. Now listen to this story. A Louisiana woman who went viral after struggling to remove gorilla glue from her hair claims that the hospital, nor the company's advice, helped remove the hardened adhesive. She's now considering a lawsuit. Tessica Brown hired an attorney as weighing litigation against Gorilla Glue because while the product's label warns against using Gorilla Glue in your eyes, your skin, or your clothing, it doesn't mention hair. That's a really good point. That's a really good. I mean, if I was reading that, I was like, don't put it on your skin. Don't put it in your eyes uh, and don't even get it on your clothing. I would think they didn't mention hair. During Brown's weekend trip to the ER, healthcare workers put acetone on the back of her head. But instead of getting to the root of the problem, (laughs) it burned her scalp and only made the the glue gooey before hardening back up because it's Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue is today aware of the dilemma and tweeted a statement reading. And that uh, that shows compassion, doesn't it? I mean, that shows you're really taking this seriously when you tweet. um, We are very sorry to hear about the unfortunate incident that Miss Brown experienced using our spray adhesive on her hair. We're glad to see in her recent video that Miss Brown has received medical treatment from her local medical facility and we wish her the best. 
The company goes on to reiterate that its product is not indicated for use in or on hair as it is considered permanent. Ha. Huh. I don't know about you, but I think we could lose a monkey tail or two. I think we could uh, I think we could lose, you know, uh, I don't know, the beak that isn't shaped right uh, because some people I'm mean, sorry, some birds can't uh, gather food. Uh, and so maybe the beak needs to be shaped differently and Darwin would come in. Uh, there are some people that, you know, don't use lawnmower on roof to remove snow. I say, let them get chopped up as they're falling down. Let them as they're rolling off the roof and the lawnmower is still running, but it's now in front of them and flipped upside down. I think that's good. So the lawnmower lands, you land in the bottom part of the lawnmower with the moving <laughs> blades. I'm OK with that. I'm OK with that. If you're that stupid. Your hair should stick together forever. And we should know that we should know who we're dealing with. When she comes in, is like, hey, we should be able to go. Oh, yeah, you're the. We now return to the American dumpster fire <laughs> already in progress. <sighs> Let me tell you about timeshare termination team. You want to get the process started to get out of that timeshare. You'll get 20% off when you terminate your timeshare. So make sure you tell them I sent you. 20% off, and they're going to get you legally out of this thing forever. How much money has this thing actually cost you? Well, it's just the, you know what? You're going to save money with the timeshare because the timeshare is so great, uh, you're paying a little bit month to month. Yeah. Until you uh, have signed the document and you realize that you have credit card interest rates for your new timeshare. Yeah, but the bank, you can talk to the bank. They'll they'll take, they'll give you a lower rate on that loan. No, they won't. No, they won't. Anyway, um, if you're in that situation, get out, get out. TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. Have peace of mind with Timeshare's Termination Team's 100% Money back exit guarantee. Learn more online at timeshareterminationteam.com. That's timeshareterminationteam.com. 10 seconds, station ID. This is a really disturbing story, too. I've got another disturbing story. A photographer has alleged, sit down, America, sit down down don't put the glue in your hair and sit down for a second <laughs> a photographer has alleged that marilyn manson forced female fans to strip what yes manson his real name apparently not marilyn also plied fans with alcohol before ordering them to take off their tops speaking to the mirror uh, von Stein said that she was picked from a crowd of fans by Manson's minders and escorted to his tour bus. What an honor. Then, allegedly, uh, she hid at the back of the group as a musician pointed to the group of other women and instructed, instructed them to strip. She said he wanted to see who had the biggest uh, and the best. 
Mm. Everyone was a bit surprised because he oh, made it feel normalized, like it was fun. Now, when I met a <laughs> what? Yeah, he, he made that sound like it was fun. Yeah, when bastard, when my daughter would go to a Marilyn Manson, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, concert, which didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But if she would go, she would have been the first on the bus. She would have been Anytime. like time. Nothing mm-hmm. could happen after with a rocker. It's good advice for young parents. They don't understand this. If you're at a concert and the band members want you to go in their bus, you just let them go. Let your kids go right away. Right well, away. It's like only good things can happen. Apparently, he was surrounded by older people and he was dominating and nobody felt that they could say no to him because the older people were there seems like such a good guy and then he would do something like this he looks like one of those crazy dogs with the blue eye and the brown eye what could go wrong on a tour bus can't can't hide anything anymore monkey tails Uh, okay, <laughs> let me tell you about Goldline. They are offering 6% promotional medals delivered directly to you if you get the qualifying retirement account purchase. This is so important. I mean, we have crazy times ahead of us. It is really, really important that you protect yourself. Goldline special also on graded Liberty coins. These are the old, you know, $20 gold pieces from 100 and some years ago. They have acquired additional inventory during due to the explosive popularity and unprecedented demand. Uh, but it is uh, one that is probably going to go fast. You can if they're recommending that you call daily to find out what the specials are and to find out if the Liberty coins are there. And I guess they'll let you know or you can just keep calling. But Goldline 866 Goldline, please. They're standing by to take your call. Please call them and make sure that you're protected. Don't do anything today. Just get the information. Search it out in your own mind. Pray about it. You're smart enough to figure it out. Goldline, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. All right, go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. They have 30 bucks off right now for a limited time at Blaze TV. Uh, 30 bucks off right now. Blazetv.com slash Glenn. Bitcoin is up to what 46 46500 I think 46597 dollars. That's it. That's <laughs> insane. I mean, it was 3800 in March. So you could have got 3800? Yeah, you could have jumped in at 3800 in March of last year. Now, a lot of things fell, right, in March. So if you bought right at yeah. the bottom, the coronavirus, you get, but even I mean if you bought it before that, you could less than 10,000 very easily. Uh, it's been incredible. I mean, it really the has herd been incredible. is coming. The herd is coming because of mm. Elon Musk yesterday. Uh, he invested one point five billion dollars. Tesla did into uh, Bitcoin. You know, they're coming after him now. They're like, ah, oh, you know, he's been hyping this up. So, what? What? Yeah, he says, I like Bitcoin. So do I. I mean, you don't have a right to say that. That's that's somehow yeah. or another manipulating the market. Well, because they were saying he bought it in December, so and he was tweeting about it after December as well. So oh, that he, means he was supposed to stop right believing in it. And it was just as you know, again, his company bought it. He was saying good things about it. Yeah, uh, I don't know that you. I think pretty much if you look at any company, the things they invest in, they're going to say good things about. That's yeah. kind of a normal thing that companies yeah. do. Well, I tell you one thing, I don't like. <laughs> we just bought one point five billion. Uh, Hate Bitcoin. Bitcoin. That's that's <laughs> over. What are you insane? 
I mean, what's incredible is if you remember, if you were listening to this show, if you were listening to this show and you listened early, you're very wealthy right now. Uh, but if you happen to uh, not us, because we didn't take our own advice. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we I did. did a little bit. I mean, it was certainly we didn't when it, when I believed it was, in it. And I think I was told, what was it? Thirty dollars or 30 cents? Oh, yours was really ridiculous because yeah. you met with one of the like leaders uh, mark, mark andreessen, andreessen who's like the guy who has coin he basically wrote coinbase right yeah. he's a bunch of different companies was a huge believer in bitcoin super super early and if glenn had listened to his advice um and some on the left might be happy with this you would not be hearing him talk right now because he'd be yeah. on an island somewhere um but uh, uh, 30 i think it was 30 cents it when was he told ridiculous me 30 well. cents and i was like eh, i don't know there's nothing to this yeah. computer money what are you talking about? <laughs> computer money. How do you put the computer in your wallet? That's ridiculous. But even later, I mean, we were talking about it, you know, four, three, two, three, four, five, six hundred. Yeah. Uh, and all the way up to if you're in the beginning of 2017, it was at one thousand. And even that seemed like it was high at the time that it had that big run yeah. up the bump, yeah. the quote unquote bubble. Right. Yep. And it went up to 19,000, like 900 or whatever it was, almost at 20,000. And now when you look at the all-time graph of Bitcoin, it's, it just looks like a little blip. That, mm-hmm. that 2017 looks like a little blip. It's not even halfway up to the price. Uh, and now this, this huge run-up. And it's funny because one of the arguments at that time, after it collapsed, there's lots of haters who came in and said, mm-hmm. this was nothing. It never was anything. People don't. Uh, we're not going to print and spend money. It's not a, a what? Is inflation going to be a big problem in the future? No, <laughs> of course not. Bitcoin makes no sense. And uh, what people who were pro-Bitcoin um, argued was that this is going to look more like the internet where you had that first quote-unquote internet bubble mm-hmm. in 2000. Everyone's like, oh, gosh, what a joke, pets.com. And now it's just running our entire economy. Right. And so you had that early one, that little bump, it came down. I mean, there's been several bubbles over the years with Bitcoin, but it's raged back to huge, huge improvements year, you know, year after year after I year. I think because what's happened was all the little people got destroyed and then the big money sat there and they were like, OK, we are we ready? Can we invest? Can we do this? And so all of the, the hedge funds, all of the uh, big businesses, uh, you know, Goldman Sachs, et cetera, et cetera. They put in uh, they put in systems that could invest in Bitcoin, watched it. And now the herd is coming. I mean, I've I've heard that Apple is uh talking about investing five billion dollars i would be that would be huge it would be huge but it would be stupid to release that information before you buy it right so i don't know if you trust that yeah you know elon musk is still quirky enough that people will look at that and say oh well it's elon musk and he does all sorts of wild things once a big company gets into apple does it yeah that is a total i think this is the difference between my generation understands gold the young generation, this is digital gold. That's the way they view it, is digital gold. And uh, I view gold as gold. And I like both Bitcoin and gold. Uh, but I think they're both being driven by the same thing. This, the money thing is going to be over soon. It's going to be over. And if you don't, when you look at the price of Bitcoin, don't think you have to buy a Bitcoin. You don't. You could put $100 into it and still make money. Um, if you don't have, I've been saying this for five years. If you, can you imagine when I first started saying this, if you would have put money into it, if you, do, if you don't have a hundred dollars in Bitcoin, I used to say yeah. when it was 
a dollar, if you don't have a hundred dollars in Bitcoin, uh, you're a fool because this is life changing money. If you don't have, you know, five hundred dollars in Bitcoin now, you're still a fool because it's not done doubling. It's yeah. not and it, again. We're not. We don't know where the price of Bitcoin is oh, going. I, but I, mean, I still long think long term, that, it's it's hard not to be optimistic. about I still it. think that the central banks are, you could come in at any time and crush it. Yeah, it should always be money you're willing to lose. Right. Uh, but right. It is some. But I mean, it's some level of gambling. But I mean, even as late as October, Glenn, it was still at ten thousand. Shut up. In October. Shut up. It's up five times since I then. I know. Now, I don't know if it's going to hold on to this stuff. I mean, the Elon Musk stuff in some ways makes me nervous because people get so hyped up about whatever he says. So he's going to say something else next week. And I assume all the people who are who jumped in for Elon Musk are going to go run to Dogecoin or whatever he's talking about next time. That's a yeah, that Dogecoin is a is a meme. It's a it's a it was built as a joke right. initially, but it's, it's been around real. for a long time now. Yeah, but, uh, but it's hit all time highs because he's been talking about it, which is others. like eight cents. It is like eight cents. Yeah, yes. so. But still, I mean, you know, you if could... you don't have eight cents in Dogecoin <laughs> right now, that's like, how long have you been saying <laughs> right. that? I've if you saying... don't have eight cents in Dogecoin, <laughs> I mean, you're nuts. Look, think of that. You could have bought it at a penny. You eight times <laughs> your money right now. <laughs> You'd have eight cents. <laughs> right. I didn't mean if you have a mathematician to get you too deep into the calculus. You have eight cents. <laughs> Think of what Think you... Think of that. Would you be... Would you show up at work oh, no, if you I'd had eight cents? No offense, Glenn, but yeah, uh, we'd never be... speak again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally, if I had five cents, I'd never speak to you again. But, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, yeah. we all have our own standards. And if you don't have five cents, it's dirty. All right. Uh, American financing. Ever since the start of the coronavirus pandemic, the uh, mortgage and real estate industries have been among the few economic bright spots. Um, Home equity is up. Uh, The the mortgage rates are are way down. Now, I have been reading lately that they are starting to come up. Uh, what was the company one one financial house was saying that they're going to start raising interest rates i don't know what you're doing there sarah but <laughs> she's just playing I with the keyboard it. i got it um the uh, uh in london however they're saying in the next 60 days mortgage rates will go to below zero so they will start paying you to take the money another reason why to have bitcoin or gold anyway um Right now, if you have a mortgage that is more than three or four percent, you need to refinance it, need to refinance. Navigating home loans can be tricky. The banks, God only knows what they're. Listen to the first hour of this show today. If you want to know what the banks are up to. Oh, my gosh. This this uh, article from the IMF about how we're going to start determining who's qualified for a loan is terrifying. Get your uh, loan right now. American Financing, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, Play www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Play it, Sarah. Play it. Hey, a couple of really good news uh, items that I want to pass on, pass on to you. Uh, the Biden administration uh, is seeking to include the minimum wage hike in its coronavirus relief package. Uh, it, you, you'll start making, if you're making minimum wage, $15 an hour, 
Now, when pressed on this, uh, the uh, sp- uh, spokesperson for the president said he's still pushing on. He he has he's still willing to uh, to uh, to push this through, even though the CBO estimated that it would cost one point four million jobs. But hey, he believes in things like the end of the pipeline. You know, why talk to workers? Why? I mean, you know, why? You don't need to. It's the right thing to do. So they can get either learn to code, yeah, or learn to code, can, whatever, green job Hello. or something. Welcome whatever. to the uh, well, welcome to the two thousands. Learn yeah. to code, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and these one point four million jobs. I mean, we're gonna have a lot of people learning how to code. You know what I'm saying here? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's firmly committed to raising the minimum wage to fifteen dollars. Oh, by the way, I also forgot to tell you that um, in, um, in addition to the jobs lost. Um, the wage hike, according to the CBO, would cause a corresponding rise in the price of general goods and services. So because minimum wage is now $15, people will have more money to buy things. And so they can buy things uh, um, at a higher price. And so the costs uh, will go up as your wage goes up, which is weird because that never happens. Inflation with more money out there never happens. Never Never. No. Never. Um, also, some really good news. Now, that that is the problem. But here's the cure. Uh, Washington State is now proposing a 1% levy on wealth of more than a billion dollars. Well, I mean, really. I mean, Roseanne Barr said it really should be $100 million and then execution after that. Um, and she was serious, but, uh, Washington state is a little more reasonable. Uh, you can have a billion dollars, but then you get a wealth tax of, uh, one of 1%. So this is really going to help the economy. I mean, think about how much money Jeff Bezos, he's, you know, he's from, uh, he's from Seattle and, uh, he's got what? 200, 200 billion dollars. Something like that. Yeah. He's going to owe $2 billion every year. And he won't even miss oh, it. Oh, I have bad news for you. He no longer lives there. Oh, he no longer lives there. I mean, he does now. But the second you pass this bill, he will no longer live there. Oh. And so you will get zero dollars from okay. Jeff Bezos. Right. In fact, Well, you still have uh, Bill Gates. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah. What, what happened? What's, Bill, what's Bill Gates? situation? Uh, he's going he's gonna to pay about a billion dollars. Oh, I have terrible okay. news. Really? He doesn't live there anymore. Really? Wow. They, they, that, that's just unfortunate. Well, How could you project this stuff? You wouldn't know. There's, it's not like, I mean, how would you know these guys have resources to buy new homes in other places? Well, wait a minute. Just a second. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, according according to, uh, you know, the people who are proposing this, 97% of the revenue from this tax is going to fall on four people. Oh, I have terrible news. Those four people no longer <laughs> live there. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's a weird Give me another really rich person that lives in the state. Well, they uh, no Mc, longer live Mc, there. Mc, how about... Uh, they never... They're Steve. gone. Never will visit. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Terrible. It's. I know. Huh. I know. It's so sad. Huh. That is weird. And and it's, it's just totally unforeseen. How could you possibly know that these billionaires would move out of the state when you pass a tax like this? I know. I know. You know, because two billion dollars. That's chump change. Yeah. Who, you know? who even needs it? Who even needs two billion dollars? Not me. Uh, and if I had if I had two hundred, you know. And the uh, and the government has already made a bunch of money on me mm-hmm. because uh, I've been paying taxes to make that money. And then they say, oh, you have too much now. So I'm going to take, you know, two billion from you. 
I would think to myself, what could $2 billion do? I mean, I used to be able to buy gum. Remember when you could go into a store and buy some bubble gum and you'd get the little cartoon inside the gum and everything? You get the little comic strip? Used to be less than $2 billion. Yeah, it used to be less than $2 billion. Mm-hmm. Now, what can I do with $2 billion? It's like, I, you know, it's like a dollar. You have $200, you lose a dollar, you lose $2. Okay, big deal. That's the way Bezos thinks about $2 billion. <laughs> Sure he does. And he gets to do that every year. And oh. what will happen is Bezos and Gates and all these other guys will move out of the state because they'll say, you know what, we just were, we just needed warmer weather. We agree with the wealth tax. We think it's the right thing to do. We do. But we yeah. no longer, you know what, there's so, it's so rainy. Rainy there. Oh I my mean, gosh. But if you're rain? But if you're there and it's raining... Take comfort in the fact that just living there for two years will cost you $4 billion. I mean, who doesn't say yes to that? I don't know. It's a, it's a deal. I don't know how you could turn it down. Mm. I don't know. And then, you know, what happens, of course, when you have the Elizabeth Warrens of the world who mm. want to do this, mm-hmm. they'll, because they'll make this point, the same point that I'm making, which is as soon as you implement this tax, they'll, people will leave the state. That's why you need to do it federally. That's why you need to do it federally. That's right. And when, when I say, hey, they're just going to move out of the country, that's why we need to punish them for leaving in the country and take their money before they leave. Well, they've already done that. Yeah. They've already passed that law. You ain't getting out with it. You're not leaving this country. Remember when I said that, what, 15 years ago, I found that little article in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, it was, and it was about, I don't remember, Charlie Rangel or somebody that was passing. And I looked at you and I said, what do they know that we don't know they're now penalizing you for the very first time if you want to move away from america and take your money with you that's why and i can't recommend this highly enough if you happen to have two billion dollars put it all in dogecoin now and then if you don't have eight billion dollars in <laughs> dogecoin you're an you're, idiot you're an idiot <laughs> moron yeah how do you not have eight billion dollars in dogecoin you imagine yet? if you would have invested eight billion dollars in dogecoin when it was only a penny now you have 64 billion dollars i mean think in of dogecoin that. think of that which i think if you started selling your 64 billion in dogecoin the dogecoin price might drop <laughs> a little you'd have a hard yeah. time selling it yeah perhaps mm-hmm. maybe perhaps. but that's why yeah. you ha- whenever you have dogecoin glenn you just mm-hmm. hang on to it mm-hmm. forever until it turns into the world's only currency mm. that's just what six months away in six months everyone will only have dogecoin and then you'll come back to the show and you'll say wow i not, wish i've listened to, to Stu yeah when he was saying dogecoin at eight cents was- you know what i think the u.s <laughs> dollar is going to be a lot like dogecoin uh, <laughs> each one's worth know, eight cents yeah if you mm. don't have a dollar in eight cents uh <laughs> right now you're an idiot you're an idiot uh, by the way, the co-founder and CEO of uh, Tanium uh, has uh, said the state of Washington might lose its competitiveness if it raises taxi on, taxes on the wealthy. No. What a hater. What an idiot. What a moron. Hello. This is the Glenn Beck Program.